I'm Melissa White, and this is The Spirit Room. This is a place for seekers that find themselves intrigued with working with the unseen world. I'll bring you insight into my life and work as a medium, interviews with people that I find fascinating, and also provide you with some tools to help you implement a beautiful life in partnership with spirit. So I invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy what spirit has in store for us. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Spirit Room. I'm here today with my special guest. Her name is Shelby Reed, and I would love to introduce you all to her. She's here. She's ready to share with us all about her creative process, some stuff about past lives, because we have had an experience together where I did read, uh, do a past life reading for her, which was pretty cool to, to share with each other. So here we go. So welcome, Shelby. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome to have you. Now I'm trying to think the past life reading that you had, was that the first one that you'd ever had? Yeah, yeah. That was the first one. I had heard about it a couple years ago and it really spiked my curiosity. Yeah, so I was really excited to have that experience with you. Awesome. Now, I was also going to mention that Shelby is a published poet and photographer, award-winning filmmaker, a sustainable interior designer, which I think is amazing. I did not know that about you. <laughs> and overall force of nature. I love, I absolutely love that. Your zone of, and her zone of genius is honesty and poetic truth. And that is what she brings to everything she creates. So I absolutely, I admire creativity in people so much. And I just feel like creativity and the spiritual sort of nature that in all of us, they're so connected. So I think this is going to be a super cool conversation. So tell me, I know that you're a very sensitive, intuitive soul. Have you always been aware of your deeper spiritual connection? I don't think I've been fully aware of what was happening, but I've definitely always have had a spiritual connection from a really young age, actually. One of my first memories that I have is when I think I was about three, three and a half or four. And I was newly enrolled in preschool <laughs> and I would often go and cloak myself in darkness, whether that was either underneath my bed or my closet. And you can imagine how alarming that would be as a parent, um, wondering what's happening with your kid. But I think, <laughs> I think for me, what was really going on was now that I've had my entire life to analyze that and yeah, and just kind of debriefing with counselors and stuff, what I've come to realize is that was myself grieving and just being kind of lost as to where I was in this lifetime and like kind of grieving where I had just been and missing that space and trying to anchor into this body and this lifetime and this experience. And from a really young age, I think I intuitively knew how to do that. And for me at that time, it was cloaking myself in, in darkness and just quieting my mind and just being with spirit and with source. And that was the 
the way that I knew how to connect with myself and make myself feel safe, which is really a very similar practice to what I have now. I don't go underneath my bed, but it definitely includes the lights off, candles on and mindfulness and meditation and finding that inner inner peace and landscape. So definitely. Yeah. And it's so true. We, we don't, as children, understand that's what we're doing. It's not like a thought that we're having, like, mm-hmm. oh, I must you know, connect to my higher self now. <laughs> but it's true. We intuitively do know these ways to kind of do that for ourselves. I can remember always putting, like, for the longest time, if I'm needing to kind of just go within... I would put a pillow, like if I'm laying in bed, I would put a pillow mm-hmm. over my head mm-hmm. or almost like like put it or a pillow or two, like kind of like over my head. And I can never really understand like why, like, why? like what is that about? It's kind of weird, but it just felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I realize I still do it sometimes. And it's literally, I think, to almost give me um, a sense of protection of the crown, like almost like it's been too Mm. open, too exposed. I almost need to come back into myself and kind of, you know, tune in, but also kind of tune the world out. So it's interesting. These things that we pick up are these things. Totally. When you think about it, it makes it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What about as a teenager? Because usually I find around that age, lots of really sensitive people go through um, periods of time where, yeah, it's like everything is kind of intensified. And obviously that's true, just coming of age. That's just the truth. But did you have any experiences as a teenager that you can think of that would be kind of like, okay, you realize now that's to do with like a spiritual awakening of sorts? Yeah, I think, again, it was more of a intuitive pull that I just followed. But it was really, I think, where I found my church, for lack of a better word, is nature. I never grew up religious, and that wasn't really a dominant part in my upbringing and my family. My mom was always really open and just kind of said, like, whatever you feel drawn towards, I think that's great. And there wasn't really structure towards religion, which was perfect for, I think, what I needed. And yeah, whenever I needed to go somewhere to just kind of process my emotions or thoughts or just kind of clear my head, I always would go into nature. And from like ages 15, I would just walk down from our street there that was actually really close to the forest and would just go on the forest by myself and write or just be and yeah, sometimes pray or do whatever I needed to do. But Yeah. And that's been something that has continued ever since I was about 15. I try to make space for that every day, going in nature and spending some time. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. What about your creative work? So with the photography and the writing and the filmmaking, how did you begin to do that kind of work? How did I begin? Um, I think from, I think it was about 13 or 14, where I got my first uh, digital camera from my parents. Thank you. And uh, before that, I just had like the disposable kind, which are Mm -hmm. fun and great. But this is the first one that I could really kind of go into more of a creative process with and have all the photos to myself and everything. So Yeah, I would basically hop on my bike and go for a ride around the neighborhood and have my camera and I would just stop at a moment's notice of anything that really captured my eye. And back then I was really into macro photography. So kind of just getting lost in little worlds that otherwise can be overlooked. And I think that 
that experience and falling in love with that was really, I just kind of kept going. And nature has been one of my biggest muses since I can remember. And if you know my work, it pretty much always <laughs> revolves around nature in some sort of way. So yeah, I think I'm just really inspired by the natural world and our connection with it and our interconnectedness with it. And uh, it just feels like there's a limitless amount of creativity that can be spent there. Beautiful. And the writing, though, that goes along with it, that's what I find is so intriguing is that there's such an intuitive way of working with the camera, like working with the shots and what you're actually kind of portraying and what what's coming through in your photos. But then there's also these words and they're mm. so powerful. So tell the listeners a little bit about how, how that process works. Like how, how do you, how does the writing process work for you? Yeah, that's a great question. So my writing process is also, it's interesting because it's, it's way more me just listening and being open to receiving, um, receiving the words, to be honest, like mm -hmm. the so many instances, a lot of what I say is like my best writing doesn't actually come from me. It's I'm just channeling it. And I'm just listening and writing it down as fast as I can. Oftentimes it happens when I'm driving or I'm in the shower or really I'm in opportune times to write. So sometimes I just have to quickly like hold that thought or record a quick voice note whatever it is. And then I can spend time with it when I can spend time with it and just kind of keep working with it. But yeah, it's really just about listening and creating space for that to happen. Like it definitely needs to be a quiet space. And often it's just me kind of being in my present surroundings sometimes, but for the most part, it's, it's also creating space for me to experience what brings me the most joy. And then often my creative flow and the words just kind of come after that. Beautiful. And that's such a good point about allowing, you know, that, that space to actually just be listening. And to it's true that oftentimes when it's kind of that inspiration from spirit or you're receiving that download or you're receiving the information, it will come to you in a flash and it will come when you are busy doing something else. <laughs> but it's usually when you're doing something else, it's kind of mundane. Like, yes. like you said, like if you're driving, that's a big one because I feel that we're we're busy enough that we're paying attention to the road, but our mind is kind of in a bit of more of a meditative state in a way. And mm -hmm. so you can kind of receive it then. Or if you're, I find like if I'm in the shower, that's also a good time where I'll receive it because I'll be like, you know, focusing on what I got to do, getting washing the hair, whatever. But then you're open enough that that information can just like come in. Totally. And so it's a good tip for people to use to, yeah, just jot it down or a voice memo or something. And then you can always come back to it and work with it. But it's true that it's very much like inspired, inspired writing, or even at times it's probably automatic where you're just literally mm -hmm. like putting to paper and just allowing the words to, to come through. Absolutely. Yeah. And for me with the images and pairing poetry with the images, it kind of looks different every time. Sometimes I'll get a download of a partial image that I want to create and it comes in in like bits and pieces. And then as I spend more time with it, or I just go out and do a shoot and try to bring it to life, usually a poem or something that I want to write comes to life as well. Either I already have that idea before I create the image or I create the image and then I look at it for a while and I'm like, 
I just be with it and I see what feelings it brings up in me. And then I kind of cultivate something around that. Yeah, amazing. Because it's such an expression of what's in your soul. And I think that this is the type of outlet that literally everyone needs. We all need to have yeah. something like that. And it doesn't always have to be like writing or photography or um, anything like that. It doesn't even have to be spiritual. Although, I mean, it will be spiritual in nature, but it doesn't have to be like conventionally seen as spiritual. But yes. It's could be it could be anything, but it's something that you are able to express what's within you. And mm-hmm. so it's cool that you have that through your words and then also through the images. I just think that that's, yeah, that's using that energy that's within you. And it's a form of working with spirit and it's a form of working for spirit. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. What about this film? Because I was just absolutely blown away when I when I watched it. I felt the power of it, and I really felt how intuitively it was put together. Like mm. literally, Oscar was like bringing this all together. So you have to tell us all about it. Tell us what it's called, how you made it, like what, what was this process like, and what it is about because it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that was one of the coolest creative experiences I've ever had, I think, was the the birthing of this film, let's say. It happened when we first went into lockdown, first time of COVID being a thing, Mm -hmm. many, many moons ago. (laughs) And I was just sitting in my backyard and I was having my coffee and was just kind of thinking about the state of the world and where things were at. And yeah, it was when everything was locking down and it was kind of when we were bits of news was starting to come out of the positive things that we were seeing with climate change and from the earth's perspective. And people were talking about, I think it was dolphins were back in Venice and stuff and mm. or was a jellyfish. I can't remember. But yeah, there was all these different, different things that were happening that haven't been seen in so many years and things were coming back and the atmosphere was clearing up and I was like, wow, this is such an amazing time. And wow, she must be experiencing such a break and such a breath of fresh air. My God. So that's kind of what I was sitting in and what I was thinking about. And I had just started to do this practice of instead of me trying to write what I want to write about, I'm just going to make the time for me to write. And I'm just going to open my heart up and allow whatever needs to come through. So what I've started to kind of do now is I'll often just ask like what needs to be said and just kind of let that fall and see what needs to come through. And I kid you not, (laughs) this film is what came through. So the spoken word poem in it is what came through. And I maybe edited the lines, like two lines of it from the original. I still have the little like ripped out piece of paper that it was written on. And yeah, so after I wrote it, I just sat with it and I was like, whoa. And often I love to share uh, my poetry with my fiance. So at the time we were living with his brother and girlfriend and I went into the living room. I was like, guys, I just wrote a poem. Can I share it with you guys? And everyone's having their coffee and they're like, yeah, sure. So I shared the poem and I kind of do it in a bit of a spoken word style and I could see it like on their faces and how they were receiving the poem that they were feeling exactly what I had felt. And I noticed how much I and the poem came to life when it was spoken out loud versus just being read. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it started. And 
I had so many different ideas and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do like a video of me doing it spoken word. And I had played with that. And then I was like, no, it's, it emits so much powerful imagery already that that's really what I wanted to focus on. And obviously me being a photographer and a really visual person, but that's what I wanted to create. And then once that started rolling, it's kind of like Pandora's box. Cause then it's like, well, what else are we going to bring up? And it was really fun. Like it was a really, really joyous project to have during such a dark time. And I, yeah, so then I just started reaching out to videographers because the footage that I wanted to have in the film was uh, a lot of aerial photography and drone footage, tons of different landscapes. I wanted it to have kind of an all over the world feeling and some really barren landscapes to kind of represent the beginning of time. So a lot of stuff that I couldn't do. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I just reached out to some friends and asked if they knew any videographers, people in the industry. And it was pretty amazing how everything started to unfold. It was like the universe just had my back and it was like, we're going to make this happen for you because it wasn't mine. Like it came from spirit, came from universe. So of course, everything's going to line up. So I got in contact with some really amazing videographers and I outlined a scene uh, script of kind of the scenes and the imagery that I was looking for for each segment of the poem and sent that off. And within a couple of weeks, they all got back to me and we negotiated price and everything. And they sent me these videos and then it was time for me to learn how to make a film, which is something I had never done before. I had like, well, I guess I had done it before, but really casually, like when I would go on trips, I would make little travel films to kind of document my experience. But yeah, so I downloaded Adobe Premium Pro, which is a pretty intense filmmaking software. This gives me anxiety. (laughs) I'm like, I literally, this is like, you are my hero because I cannot imagine myself, imagine myself, teaching myself how to make a film. Like, right? That's so daunting. So I'm just like beyond impressed. That's amazing. Thank you. It was uh, it was quite the undertaking. Luckily, I'm trained in Adobe Suite basically from my interior design diploma and graphic design. So at least like it was a program that I kind of knew the interface a little bit, like I could wrap my head around it. So there was that. And thank God for YouTube. I probably watched like days of tutorials on all the things that I was wanting to do. So that part of the experience was, it was a pretty epic balance of struggle and like pure creative blissed out joy. I was living in a 22 foot trailer with my fiance and our two dogs on my parents' property at the time, (laughs) working Mm -hmm. full time and learning how to make a film. So there was many sleepless nights and a lot of times I wanted to pull my hair out and just give up, but always that spirit was just so much stronger. And that really was just like what kept me going because I knew how powerful this message is. And I knew that I had to make something that was worthy of it. And I knew I had to make something that was worthy of sharing it. And that was easy for people to share. So I had a, I took a trip into Fino with a bunch of people. And one of those people is a film producer. And we were all staying in a cabin together. And he had the idea of sharing his short film. And I was like, oh, I actually have a short film too. So then we had like this cute little mini film festival in this cabin. This is before, yeah, this is before I ever um, submitted into film festivals. Mm -hmm. And he gave me really good advice because he 
helped me see that, yes, this is a really powerful film. And yes, it's worthy of being submitted into film festivals and really gave me that encouragement, but also steered me in the direction of, of submitting it into environmental film festivals, which isn't something I actually thought about. I don't know why. I was more so focused on arts and spoken word um, poetry for film festivals. And I think that was a really good, a really good step in a piece because I ended up getting the film accepted into three film festivals that are all environmentally um, conscious and for environmental awareness. So I think that those, that was exactly the, the type of people that I really wanted to connect with. And I wanted to share this message. And I know that people that are deeply connected to the environment and really care about saving the world and really dedicate their lives to doing that are going to be the ones that help spread this message. So it's the way that it all unfolded and the people that I met at the exact right time, it was all just so cosmically aligned. It was really amazing. It is. And it feels as though it was very orchestrated. The, yes. whole, the whole thing was put there in front of you. And then what I love is that you met the universe halfway. Because I think that many times there's there's all kinds of inspiration that we receive all the time, but it's not everyone that actually puts it puts in the time and the effort and has the tenacity to see it through. So mm -hmm. I think that the reason also that everything fell into place is because you were also committed to it and you were doing the work on your end. So yeah, um, true. Thank you. Magical, but it's also because, <laughs> you know, that you were you were dedicated to it. What about like what do you think that you learned the most from the making of it? I think it definitely like creating something like that and the amount of time that it takes. It was a pretty it was a pretty interesting dance of meeting my edge and meeting my shadow parts of myself that came up during the creative process and like not having a choice, but loving them through. <laughs> and um, what I mean by that is like, for me, one of my shadow parts is perfectionism mm. uh, or manager parts, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And so creating a film like this, obviously that's going to trigger my perfectionist part, but I know that I have to try to keep the message as raw as possible because that's when it really translates and resonates the most. So I didn't want to touch the words at all. And I really wanted the images to be really clear and captivating. And it was kind of a dance of allowing myself to bring the rawness, but also allowing it to allowing my perfectionism to take place, but not let that part of myself like overtake the entire process. Because with while you're when you're creating something into the physical reality that came from spirit and source, you need to kind of give that room to breathe and allow the magic to come through versus being so rigid. So I think that was probably the piece that I learned the most and really just trusting, trusting myself and believing in myself and believing in the connection that I have. And yeah. That's so brilliant. And so many times I see that in not only in creative endeavors, but also with people that are really working towards their work with spirit, like students that I teach and stuff like that, the perfectionism can be paralyzing sometimes. Mm. And I, I relate to it because it's the same thing for me. And it's the same thing that I faced in any time that I go to create something. And it's true. It's like you're allowing yourself to work in partnership with spirit. So it's almost 
disrespectful or rude to be like perfectionist and start like trying to control it and take mm-hmm. it over. Totally. But then at the same time, it's very, it's a human, it's a human part of ourselves that is, is just there. That is something that we'll face. But yeah, I think the trick is like you said, to not let it over take the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So to kind of allow it to be, but be aware of it. And then also allow the, the creation to have a life of its own and to not mm-hmm. feel like we have to, we have to um, fix it or manage it or make it something that it's not. The other thing mm-hmm. that is, is really cool is that it's, it's like life. I think it's a lot to do with surrender. Mm-hmm. Like how much can we really surrender? And Absolutely. so it sounds like that experience would have been would have put you through all of that, like <laughs> being forced almost to surrender and just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, so true. Absolutely. What about advice? What advice would you give to other creators? I think the advice that I give to other creators is figure out how to listen to your gut and understand and kind of create more of an ear for what that sounds like and creating honestly for me like the most life-changing thing that's happened with improving my quality of life and really getting myself in a space where I have what feels like endless creative flow is learning how to cultivate a relationship with myself and my body and really what I mean by that is learning how to listen to my body and work with the signals that it's telling me because really our our bodies are such an intelligent vessel and so communicative, especially when we bring conscious awareness to it. So like figuring out what brings you the most joy and actually removing the guilt and go mm-hmm. doing that thing and making a lot of time for that and like every day or at least weekly because for me that's what I've noticed where my most creative inspiration comes from is when I'm not sitting at a desk trying to create it's when I'm living and I'm enjoying my life and I'm experiencing like space and freedom and the things that I love then I have more space and freedom to create from that experience, if that makes sense. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's, it's when I think that you can almost allow miracles to unfold because you're in the process of engaging in life. You're not yes. sitting there trying to force it, like squeeze it out of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, it's, it's, you're living your life and then you're allowing it to be you're allowing a space for it to come to you or to mm-hmm. come through you and you're right about the body yeah i mean that connection to the physical body is so mm-hmm. important and to be able to be intuitive and listen to what's already there because literally it's there for all of us yeah yeah exactly that is so powerful mm-hmm. i love that what about Anything that was like a real, a real challenge in putting it all together or like the, the process of creating the film? Mm, I think a lot of patience was, was involved and a lot of trust. So like a lot of things really aligned really beautifully in the end. But while I was in it, it was me facing like constant roadblocks. 
So there was a lot of opportunities for me to just turn the other way and walk away from it. But I didn't and I kept persevering. And I think you put it so beautifully that I met Spirit halfway. Yeah. So I think the biggest struggle was every roadblock I hit, it was a chance for me to take a step back and really just surrender. One of the videographers that I really wanted to work with, he was taking a lot of time to get back to me and had all these beautiful descriptions of the videos that he had. And then he just got really busy with work and couldn't take the time to to send me some stuff. And just that disappointment and discouragement and then trying to find other people and et cetera. And it just, yeah, it's just really about trusting and getting curious of like, hmm, okay, that didn't work out. Like, how else could I go about this? And yeah, and really just looking for alternate ways of making it happen. And the barren landscape that I wanted so badly because I really wanted to portray um, what the earth looked like before humans, mm. before we got here. That was such an important piece to me. And I was really imagining like desert and barren landscape and just like no life really. And no matter, like I just couldn't get that footage. And then finally, before I was going to, I had the film done in a way that was different from what I have shown in the beginning. And I was going to submit that. And then this videographer finally got back to me, Christabel, who's from Chile. And he had amazing footage of the Chilean desert that is so rugged and raw and barren and these dunes and like these volcanoes. And it was just everything that I was looking for. And he came in at like the last minute and then I reworked. And that was another obstacle. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I got the thing that I wanted, but now I got to kind of rework the whole film, but it was worth it. And it's just that, that dance of like surrender and trust and patience and, and curiosity really. Exactly. No, I absolutely love it. And I think it is literally a metaphor for life when you think about all the perseverance and the roadblocks and then the cost that it requires and then the backup plan and we reworking an idea all of that mm -hmm. stuff so mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's such a powerful meaningful experience definitely so you'll have to let us know okay so tell us what it's called and where can people find it yeah. So the film is called Returning Home, A Message from Earth. And you can find it currently on my website, which is www.shelbyreadcreates.com. And if you click film, you'll find it there. It's also featured on Cinema Verde's website that you can watch all like all of the films in their festival, which I would recommend. There's a lot of really great ones. And it's also going to be featured in an upcoming film uh, festival, which I can get you the name. I don't have it off the top of my hand. It's like the uh, International Environmental Migration Festival, I think. But okay. maybe I'll get that to you after and you can yeah. pop it in a link or something. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, that sounds good. I really encourage people to, to have a look because it it is a beautiful, beautiful piece of art and it's moving. It's definitely moving. And the thing I love, I think, about people who write and people who um, are artistic and creative and all of that is that you can feel that it comes from spirit. You could feel it's like spirit moving through them and then coming into this project, this sort of piece that they put out into the world. And in many ways, I feel like it's a form of healing. It's a form mm -hmm. of healing that is getting out into the, into the world and it's much needed. So I really yeah. encourage people to check it out. So thank you for chatting with us about that. Oh, thank you so much. 
Yeah, no, it's so it's so fascinating to me. I love to know about people's like their process. But I'm also curious about your past life reading that that we did a while back. Mm-hmm. Have you or did you have any expectations of what it would be like or what might come through? I definitely didn't have any expectations. I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. But yeah, I was definitely just open to the experience and open to whatever was going to come through. And was there anything that came through that was surprising to you? (laughs) So much, but also it was just such a wild experience because as you're explaining and sharing these lives with me, it's like... I think initially, like maybe my, my ego has this response that's like either skeptical or just like, no, like, I don't know, like that kind of response. And then like this deep awareness and remembrance that's like, oh yeah, like you definitely experience that or it lines up with things that are happening in this current. And what I mean by that is like Mm -hmm. certain feelings or certain fears or yeah, certain things that like you just kind of have in this lifetime. And it's not necessarily something that you had an experience. So that's why you're scared of sharks. It's like you just are (laughs) and you have this big fear or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And that really correlates to other past lives. And it's something that you bring with you into this one, even though it's not necessarily pertaining to this one. I think think that kind of Mm -hmm. surprised me the most. Right. And it's, it's so hard to explain to people because I, for the longest time, I think I shared this with you that I was very Mm -hmm. hesitant to read past lives for people because it was like, how am I going to actually ever, like, it's not like we can go back, say an ancient lifetime that you've had. I, we can't really go back and find some kind of proof. Of, we can't look it up on online and find some kind of document that proves, yes, you were in this ancient time at this place or whatever. So it's not, it's a bit yeah. different than say how we could do with even within mediumship, there's evidence that we can bring through or in intuitive reading, psychic reading about life, there's things that we can you can say, oh, yes, like that is accurate. That is correct. But with a past life reading, it's it requires a little bit more of an open mind. And it also is, you're right, it's kind of a feeling of resonance. And it's either like there's a connection to this life. You'll understand, oh, it's a, it's a common theme or a thread mm-hmm. that still you're carrying through in this life. Could even be sometimes things like, gifts and things that are almost like a powerful tool that you've used in a previous life that you can activate Mm. in this life or maybe that you're continuing to use. So there's, there's always ways, but I I just find that for a lot of people, like the average person may enter into it and think, what is she like? What is she talking about? Like, what? how am I supposed to wrap my head around this? But I felt with you that uh, you would be open. Like I knew like if I could, I could tell you these things. And And I think that's a big part of it too, is being ready to receive that information because I had known about Akasha greetings for a while, but I, I don't think I was in a space to receive that information. And it wasn't until after we had connected. And then I had heard that that was the thing that you do. And then it was like a full body. Yes, I was ready to receive that. So yeah, I think that's a big part of it Mm -hmm. as well. 
Totally. And it's one of those things too, where I usually will say to people, like, if I haven't read for them before, like mediumistically or psychically, I usually like Mm -hmm. to do that first, just so that they can have some kind of level of comfort or trust that I know what I'm talking about. Like, this is not just some kind of random storytelling, because there, there, there is a fear in some ways when I look at it, like, oh, if somebody was not prepared or they just didn't have that awareness and they come in and they receive certain information, it would be easy to dismiss and say, oh yeah, well, she could literally mm-hmm. say anything. So I am aware with the Akashic readings, it is a bit different. But for, for people that are ready and people that feel drawn to it, I would say it, it is one of those things that can make a lot of sense. And it can also give you a bit of reassurance when it comes to this Mm -hmm. life and give you some kind of perspective for this life. So I think it is really Oh my goodness, absolutely. Like, I think after the Akashic reading that you did, I was on such a high for like two weeks. I was just, (laughs) yeah, it was such a great time. It was exactly what you said. It was so much confirmation and reassurance of why I'm here for this lifetime. And it just connected so many like missing kind of pieces or like that soul retrieval kind of piece of this work is it's like I got all this information that I had been wanting to know and it resonated so deeply that it gave me such an enhanced, such an enhanced understanding of myself and of my soul. And definitely like the patterns that start to show up in other lives and you just get so much of a deeper understanding of yourself. Yeah, that's incredible. That's definitely, I think, much needed. Sometimes we just need to be reminded of who we Mm -hmm. truly are. And uh, when that's coming through, that, that kind of connection can feel very much like being seen, being understood, being really, yes, on a soul level. So I think that that is a beautiful thing. Which lifetime do you think was the most um, powerful Mm -hmm. to find out about? Definitely the lifetime where I had a gender switch and I was a man and I was some sort of, I think you said like an Indian prophet that was living in. So that was the most powerful life to know about because in this lifetime, when I think I was like 20, 20 or 21, I had traveled to Southeast Asia and I went to Thailand. And one of the first things I did was go up to Chiang Mai and <laughs> do a three day silent meditation retreat with a girl I had just met. Oh, yeah. And like, that's what I was drawn towards. That's what I wanted to do. So we did that and mm-hmm. I was led by monks and Yeah, it was fully silent. It was quite the experience. And then after that, then I had read that there was caves nearby up in Changdao. And so we took a little tuk-tuk and we went up to Changdao and went into this temple that was super remote. It was up in the mountains and it was in a cave. And you could go into these amazing caves and these monks lived there full time and would dedicate their lives to, to meditation and being in service and to sharing their wisdom. And when you told me that that's what I did in that lifetime, it was just like the most full body resonance aha moment that I've ever had. Because I remember being in Thailand and being in that temple and I had such a sense of jealousy and envy. I was like, oh, I wish I could spend my life doing that. That would be so fantastic. I would love that. So yeah, they could do this every 
like I want to go that. I want to yeah like secluded in nature and in caves and just being in yeah being the spirit in that way and just being in such devotion was just yeah so attractive to me so that was really cool to to know that that wasn't a random feeling that I had that was a past life resonance isn't that Mm -hmm. interesting so at the end of your three-day silent meditation, did you guys talk? We at did the talk. End? Yeah, we did talk at the end. It was a really neat experience. The The monk that was leading it, we all had kind of like individual little circle sessions with him and he would, we could basically just ask him anything. <laughs> so that was really fun mm-hmm. to have been silent for three days and have all these questions and things that you're wondering about and then just being able to ask him about everything, what it's like to be in in devotion like that and to not have any attachments. And yeah, it was really inspiring to, to be so close with them and to learn from them. That's amazing. I think that's just like one of those, like, hopefully yeah. not once in a lifetime yeah. experiences, but it just feels like, wow, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm glad I'm so glad that there was a resonance with that. Yeah. What about for you as a very I feel very old soul and someone who is definitely here to bring light to the world? I mean, <laughs> this is a probably a complicated question, but what is your what is your message? Like what is your message that you would want a fair bit about this? And it was kind of like a daunting question. I was like, oh God, <laughs> my my message. <laughs> well, if you watch the film, you'll definitely get that message because that's definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. But another message that I'd like to to share is In my experience, I really think that cultivating a genuine relationship with yourself and with your body is so important and creates so much ease and joy and really connectedness. And I think our bodies are such a misunderstood thing. I think we have so much unprogramming and unlearning to do around how we perceive our bodies and really coming back to the basics and understanding how intelligent this vessel really is. And like I said earlier, how communicative it is with you and how many signals it's sending you throughout the day on a emotional, physical and mental level and learning how to really have a relationship with the body and the mind and the soul. And understanding how to listen to those signals and really those are your needs right so and not judging them like i think that's the that's one of the biggest pieces that i've really come to to learn is how do i cultivate an embodied practice with myself while also just surrendering to it like work is really busy for me a lot of the times and i'm constantly having to meet deadlines and sometimes i experience a lot of stress and overwhelm and will just like try to keep working and throwing myself into things and what i've learned is that it's really really beneficial for me to listen to what my body's telling me i'm stressed out i'm really overwhelmed okay what can i give to you that would make you feel less stressed and overwhelmed rest rest would feel really good so putting work down and just resting having a bath or whatever it is for like 30 minutes and then coming back to it when i'm a bit more clear and then i feel like such a a release and like a thank you for my body when I listen to it. And that's really what the relationship starts to look like. 
it's really like almost a romantic relationship where you're trying to figure out what each other's needs are and how to meet them. And so much beautiful things start to unfold and happen when you do this on the daily, because we really have everything we need within us, but we can't access it if we aren't listening. So I think that's really what I would want to share with people is learn how to, or just start getting curious about what your body is telling you. And it's been something that I've been working and cultivating on for the last six years. And I'm in a place where I'm ready to share that, those teachings of the things that I've learned and what's in my toolkit with people. So more on that coming soon, because it's quite the journey. And I wish I had someone that was kind of helping me and just being there with me throughout that process. So Yeah, well, I'm sure that you're going to help many. And it's phenomenal to have this insight and to have this to share with others, because so many people are really seeking, seeking just that to have this relationship with themselves and what does that look like and and how how do they do that for mm-hmm. themselves so i mean i can see all kinds of writing on this for you workshops that you could do bring people together mm-hmm. uh, there's just there's so many ideas so I, I do feel like that's a major part of your path is to really lead and to be that kind of co creator with other people to allow them to to find that within themselves so thank you for sharing that with our listeners yeah it's something i'm really excited about it's that's going to be another i feel like it's another uh test from sources it's definitely like me meeting my edge again with the perfectionism piece but i feel like so much of this this wisdom and this knowledge is really coming from a raw place and it really feels like what's needed in our collective right now is not searching for new technologies or new answers. It's really about remembrance. Like, I feel like we already have it. Mm -hmm. We already know our bodies already know, like we know exactly what needs to happen. It's just, we have to open ourselves up to hearing that and to embodying those answers. Totally. Definitely. And like you said, like actually allowing space Mm -hmm. to listen um, to what's coming through. So, yeah, so much of the creative, you know, creative process and then also the spiritual practice, all of it really at the end of the day is bringing people back to themselves and for them to have that connection with themselves, connection with the universe, connection with spirits and source and all of that stuff. So it's all connected. Yeah, like isn't that what we're here for? Sometimes people ask about that and I'm like, I... I don't mean to make it oversimplify it, but really, really, it is to remember what our soul Mm -hmm. already knows and to learn about, I think, yes, loving each other, but really to Mm -hmm. learn to love ourselves. Like self-acceptance and self-love is a pretty major common theme that I see within all of the people that I work with, students Mm -hmm. and clients. And so... It's a part of the, definitely a part of the journey. And if you think about it, if every single person in the world was connected to their soul, loved themselves, how different the world would actually be. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you so much. And yeah, that's why I'm, I'm doing the work that I'm doing because I feel like it's going to bring the most healing, the fastest and the most connection, because the more that you connect with yourself and cultivate a really genuine, beautiful, loving, safe relationship with yourself, obviously, the more you're able to do that with other people and 
the more that you're able to drop judgments of yourself and pour love into yourself, the more you're able to do that with other people. <laughs> and that's what we need the most right now, right? So yeah, yeah. compassion. Compa- yeah, yep. compassion for ourselves and Respect. other people, 100%. Yeah. Yes, yes, all of that. Well, I thank you so much for coming and for sharing all of this with us and certainly would love to share. I'll put it in the show notes, but just again, quickly, uh, your website or how people can find you. Your, I know you're mm-hmm. on Instagram yep. as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great, a great opportunity to connect and chat. So my website is www.shelbyreadcreates and read is spelled R-E-I-D, shelbyreadcreates.com. And then my Instagram handle, Handle is Shelby M. Reed. Yeah. Beautiful. So once again, thank you so much and say hello to I your will. mom and dad for me. I for your family. <laughs> and certainly just it's been a pleasure. It's a treat to have oh, you. So thank, thank you, you so much. much. Sounds good. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Take care.